Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host today and thank you for being with me as we get into another episode. I know I was away for a week or so, so I apologize about that. Um, But it's time to get back into it because, you know, there are certain days where there's things I want to talk about, certain days I just don't feel like it. Um, sometimes I just don't have anything to say and it's not that I don't have any thoughts that I want to get across to all of you it's just that I want to really try to provide you some type of substance in what I'm providing you all right Um, so today you know let's see what we got you know um, I try not to um, record on the fly meaning that you know hey I got nothing I just making things up along the way Um, But sometimes it was just naturally it's one of those things that, you know, it's important just to play by ear and see what happens and see what I'm going through or what I'm feeling. And and really, hopefully you could see that, you know, I am not here to make things up. I am not, you know, and yeah, there are certain times where, you know, putting together these shows should be more structured, um, which is important, but it's also important that we just talk you know and that's what people do right they there's no set agenda to just talk sometimes and sometimes you just listen to music you just talk about it you talk about the issues you talk about what's going on in your life and you know you talk about family friends politics you know religion whatever you're going to talk about today right so let's get into it and you know, hear me ramble for, you know, maybe an hour, <laughs> hopefully not, but, um, but as I like to start off with, I like to start off with, um, the first song, which is by Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise, right, and I like this song, it has so much significance in our world today still, you know, Phil Collins and Genesis are, you know, really, still ahead of their time in music right because these songs mean so much to us right so we really it's important that we really kind of not just discuss the song but really you know what it's about and most of you probably know what this song is about you know um you know as far as what it's meant to sound what it's about you know so but anyways you know per wikipedia you know what's it about right so it's a song from a third person he observes a man crossing the street to ignore a homeless woman and he employs listeners not to turn a blind eye to homelessness because by drawing a religious illusion it's just another day for you and me in paradise Collins appeals directly to God by singing oh Lord is there nothing more anybody can do oh Lord is there must be something that you can say well definitely we'll talk about that right so you know let's let's just talk about you know to get started about what's been going on in my life right so what's been going on in my life you know for the last couple weeks now or two weeks i should say um you'll work as usual work is picking up um I'm getting more projects, which is wonderful. 
I'm being introduced to more of my coworkers and colleagues and working with them, um, which is great too. And um, just, just having the chance to, you know, learn the business of where I'm at, and which is more working with software, working with, you know, implementations, working with clients, and just continuously building on what I built on back in um, November, you know, before I was let go, of course. Um, so it's just been great. It, it's a little stressful because there's just so much to learn. And I try. I'm really trying. And I'm, and you know, it's, it's, it's been stressful like anything else. But it can't be as stressful as those people, you know, who are looking for work right now who are struggling, right, and who can't find a job. And most of us have been there. It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary, right? Um, so hopefully any of you out there who are looking, you know, don't give up hope. Don't give up um, what you're going to be, you know, look forward to, you know. So keep doing it. Keep working at it, Right? That's all we can really do. And that's important for all of us, you know. Um, we live in a very crazy time right now. We are approximately how many days um, before our election? Well, how many days until election, right? Let's see here. How many days until election? Until November 3rd. We have 58 days. Which is less than two months, right? And these two months are going to go by fast, right? They are going to go by fast. And you can see what's happening right now. But let, let's not talk about that just yet, right? Let's talk about what's been going on in my life. Because I'm greedy, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, but let's talk about, you know, work, family, you know, it's going great here at home working which it's wonderful don't get me wrong I get to work from home and and have that flexibility something I never really had to worry about um, before worried about before because I was always going to the office now there's nothing necessarily wrong with going to a physical place um, but I'm one of those believers that if you can work from home and still be successful and still be productive and efficient then you should be able to work from home Gosh darn it. <laughs> but, you know, many organizations don't want their employees working from home. You know, they, they want to be able to watch them. They want to be able to monitor them and, um, and really have that sense of control. You know, I know certain industries, you know, it's important to, you know, be in the office. You know, um, some of those are you know, focused on, you know, let's look at like, well, office or organization, let's look at healthcare. Obviously, you typically can't work from home doing that type of position. Maybe if you're a lawyer, obviously, you have to work in an office because you have clients to see. Um, and to be honest, who, I, I, being a lawyer, you know, if I was a lawyer, who would want to work from home? You know, you, I, I find it that it would be incredibly interesting to kind of work with people, work with clients, um, being able to see them, wear your fancy suits, you know, bring your briefcase, you know. Um, me working in software, you know, I could wear whatever I want, 
I I necessarily can't get up whenever I want. I have to. I have normal hours just like anybody else. I have to be logged in. Um, you know, no later than nine. Typically, I'm logged in around seven. You know, early bird. You know, and that's kind of getting in that habit of kind of showing, hey, you know what? I'm here. You need me early. Let's get things done. Um, the early bird catches the worm, so to speak. And um, we, you know, it's important that, you know, get an early start. 7 a.m. is probably the, you know, the earliest I've ever started. But being that I'm at home, you know, it's okay, you know, because I don't really have to go anywhere, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I do work, you know. I, I, I can also take my time. I don't have to feel rushed, you know. Where if you're going somewhere, you have to feel rushed. Like, I, I got to clock in. I got to clock in at a certain period of time. Um, I don't have to worry about that anymore, which is great. Not sure if that's ever going to change. Hey, who knows, right? Um, but thinking about that, what else? Um, homeschooling, which is, is great. You know, very impressed with just everything going on with how kids are homeschooling using zoom you know one of the things that tends to drive me crazy is you know kids who don't get on mute and the teacher is constantly advising the students to put yourself on mute put yourself on mute and you can't really put everybody on mute and then unmute them it's too stressful to do that Kids need to learn how to do that on their own. Um, I'm not sure where the parents are of these kids who continuously leave themselves off mute and just have full-blown conversations with people, teachers, whoever. And it's just interesting, you know. But it's, it's a strange time. Kids hopefully one day will go back to school, you know. That's what all those parents are hoping for, you know. I believe kids need to be in a physical environment i think it's 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 good for them too um but it is what it is right as far as what the timing is going into right so you know same thing with my wife working you know we're still in this country like the world going through covid right now you know so going through a lot of that right now you know so trying to hang in there like most of us so let's see, what, what can we t- really continuously talk about is that, you know, there's a lot of things we love to talk about. I don't want to get in the habit of just talking about the same old, same old. I know we're in a, you know, we're in a political year, a big one, you know, and who knows what's going to happen after November, right? You know, we don't know, you know, we also have COVID-19 ravaging our country, and, you know, it seems like it's getting better, but, you know, yes, the, there is still an uptick in, in people dying, unfortunately, you know, um, about a thousand people die a day. I think we're up to you know, approximately 180,000 souls that have passed due to COVID or have some reason from COVID. You know, not everybody is going to die just from COVID. Um, there's a lot of other factors that cause individuals to die from COVID. One could be obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, underlining the, um, conditions, pre-existing conditions, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of other issues going on underneath the surface that cause people 
to be more susceptible to to get COVID. One would be their immune system, you know. So we have to keep those immune systems up, people, you know. Um, I know it's a little bit harder to just exercise right now. You know, I get that. We can do it at home if you have the space. But sometimes not everybody has the space, you know. It's not, you know. So we have to try our best, right? Um, I have not been as good about that as I wish I was, you know. I sit at my desk most of the day. I should probably do some push-ups or something. I don't necessarily eat all day, you know. I know some people do. And that's just, uh, you know, that's how we deal with stressors in our life. We eat. Um, some people don't eat at all. They just, you know, I can't do that. I, I eat regularly. But I don't overeat people, which I don't even know if you even care about what I eat. But, um, you know, I try to eat at breakfast, you know. I do eat lunch and dinner. You know, but I eat very average portions. You know, I don't overeat. Now, the one thing that really have to be watch, really watch out for is sweets. I love cookies. You know, <laughs> I love ice cream. I love candy. Red vines are by my, by far my favorite. I also love Reese's Pieces. Um, those are my favorite too. But I have to stay away from those because eating, I'll go through a whole bag quickly. And, you know, you take one and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just take another and another and another and another and another. And before you know it, the whole bag is gone, you know, and then you've just eaten about what? How many calories in that whole bag? Tons, right? So crazy craziness. So um, try not to I have to watch that, you know, my daughter. She loves candy. She loves cookies. She's like her old dad. You know, I'm sorry. I have to probably watch that out for her. You know, I have to control what, you know, she watches eat. Because, you know, in our family, you know, we have obesity in our family. We have, you know, being overweight. We have diabetes. We have high blood pressure. You know, uh, my father was is just trying to he just had cancer removed from his thyroid you know so uh, you know we have to be careful you know we also has my on my men's side of my family we have alzheimer's in our side of the family so you know we have to keep our minds sharp you know um my eating habits used to be a lot worse i used to overeat there was times when i was heavily 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 overweight and I'm not saying I'm not overweight right now I believe I am and I know I am so I have to work on that um, but just looking like you know you you kind of you know observe society right now and you know although we I'm not here to make fun of anybody I'm not here to judge anybody everybody's gonna live their life to the to how they see fit you know and from what I've seen so far, that I feel like society, especially in the United States, is just has a very large obesity problem here. You know, it's it's an issue that that's really big. I mean, everywhere I go, and I'm sure you see this too. And, and again, it's it's really quite sad. You know, it, it's not you know, people who are overweight or obese. And it's, it just puts a great deal of more pressure 
on the human body than it's meant to be. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of those individuals who, who struggle with obesity. They have heart problems, high blood pressure, diabetes, you know. And, and, and you know, I'm trying to be sensitive because, you know, we, I had uh, an aunt who I love dearly, who, who struggled with her weight most of her life and who was very heavy. She was a tall woman and she had a big heart big soul for me and my sister she always was very loving and giving to us but it was hard seeing her through that and she actually you know she passed 2006 um part of it was you know probably her weight you know she did get an infection she got like a cut or something on her leg which got infected and you know it got went worse from there you know it got really bad you know so when people are that heavy it makes it very difficult for medicine, the medical community or medicine to, to try to heal you as quickly, you know, and sometimes you don't heal. Your body doesn't heal as quickly, you know. Um, there's been lots of cases. If you've ever watched cases of um, the show, My 600-Pound Life, look in those very sad examples of individuals who, who weight ballooned over a certain period of years who, you know, you know, maybe one day they were like, they looked fairly normal. Or maybe early in childhood, they, 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 they got very heavy and that just never, the weight never went away. Or, you know, it, it's a lot of different factors, you know. Um, yes, there are reasons for that. Sometimes it is a thyroid issue. Sometimes people just like to eat, you know. Um, some people don't like to exercise, you know, some sometimes people live in families where, you know, obesity and being overweight is a common factor of life that, that you really don't feel the need to address it because you're like, well, we're all, you know, fat or we're all over be- overweight or obese. And, you know, but that's not the right attitude we should have, right? We all want to, most of us want to live here, live in this life for a long period of time. We don't want to die at 45 from obesity. We don't want to die with our heart going out, right? Absolutely not. So we have to take care of ourselves, people. And the reason I'm saying that is because, again, um, many times those who have suffered from COVID-19 were uh, as a result of those symptoms really because of, you know, their weight. Um, but other factors could come into play. Like if, you know, somebody is, had cancer or they had chemotherapy and their immune system was down or they have heart disease or a lot of other factors, right? So have to really focus, keep focusing on taking care of ourselves out there, everybody. Really do. Really have to do it. Um, but so thinking about that, you know, where do we go from there, right? Well, I hope in this time, this post-COVID-19, we get the opportunity to reevaluate our lives, reevaluate things we're doing that we were doing that weren't good habits, like maybe, you know, and I get it. Right now, it's very hard. People are home more. People, but, but that's starting to change because more and more people are going out. You know, they are not wanting to stay home. You know, and, and I don't really necessarily believe they should. We just have to be very careful. You know, I, I know there's a big debate over, 
you know, masks and keeping your distance, social distancing and, and that and whatnot, right? Um, and, and, and that fear that people want to put in you. Um, for example, I mean, this weekend I, I went to the eye doctor, right? Okay. The place was pretty full, mind you. Um, people did keep their distance, but there are certain times it's very difficult to keep your complete distance, right? And that's when you're seeing, you know, the, the doctor, the eye doctor, or you're seeing the assistants who are trying to help you with your exams, you know, and you're less than six feet away. Uh, I mean, obviously that's going to be hard, right? Because they, the machines are right there, right? So we, we always, we did keep our masks on. Um, the only time I really had to take my mask off, which, you know, was when I was trying on my frames or whatnot, um, the, the, my glasses were getting pretty foggy and, and it was hard. And she, the nice woman was like, okay, just, you know, you can remove your mask. It's okay. Um, I don't have COVID, although I don't think I have, I have, I'm not sick, but you know, my family's not sick. No one's sick. Um, but you know, this day and age, you know, with the whole, like, well, you could be asymptomatic and all that. Who knows? I don't think I am. You know, I haven't felt anything. I haven't felt sick. I feel perfectly fine. Um, you know, so, but you never know, right? Vice versa. You never know being that close. If somebody has COVID, they may look fine and they could give it to you. And, um, we just have to be very cautious. And, and again, I don't know if, you know, I, I believe in science, obviously. I believe in what the CDC is saying, you know. I believe that they know what they're talking about. I don't believe it's some big conspiracy to control us, which there's those conspiracy theories out there, right? Like, oh, the government is just trying to control you and make you wear a mask, right? Because eventually... They're going to start having you wear head coverings and then we're going to suddenly be in his Islamic state, you know, you know, crazy things like that you see online. Right. And I've seen the mimes. I've seen the crazy talk, you know, I it just blows my mind. I'm not even going to, you know, encourage that speaking, that thinking here. But, you know, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And I'm intelligent enough to know that I'm not. I'm woke enough to, to understand that, that, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's not far-fetched that the government would try to control us. They can, and they will if they have to, if they want to, and they will do everything in their power. Now, not everybody's going to listen, but some people will, you know? Um, so, which leads me into kind of like what, what my next, you know, going into what I was next going to be talking about here uh let, let's play the next song and see you know what that gets into let's see here um one of my favorites is um by annie lennox or the arrhythmics one of my classics let's play it right
Alright, everybody. Love that song. Love it. And, um, I don't know. Some of you may not know what the song's about, um, but what I was able to find online is that the reoccurring theme throughout the song is never-ending search for contentment, right? Indeed, no matter where on earth the singer may find herself, she is always surrounded by people who are consumed by their sweet dreams and as such aspire to live out their fantasies. And these aspirations seem to manifest themselves one of two ways. Either a person is taking advantage of someone else or they're being taken advantage of, right? So true today, you know? How many of you out there have been taken advantage of? How many of you out there took advantage of people out there to get to your dreams, right? It's kind of that main, you know, you know, idea, especially in our country anyways, the world, you know, hey, you got to do what it takes to reach your goals. You got to do what it takes to reach your dreams. You got to step on necks. You got to push people aside and you got to use people, you know, you got to use them. And and don't worry about that because you're going to reach the top, right? You're going to reach the top. Well, there's those others. The flip side of that is those people that are being stepped on, right? Who are being used, you know? And this is so interesting because it's a good segue into what I'm going to talk about right now. Um, I actually just wrote recently a, a new blog um, that was really on my heart. It was really like burning something inside me. Like it was just burning. And the title of that blog is, Are We in the Era? Era? of Orwell's 1984. I believe we are, right? And so in one of the images that you'll see in the blog, if you go there, it'll say, the party told you to reject all evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final most essential command. 1984, George Orwell, right? So thinking about that, how does that even, what does that even have to do with, you know, really? What does that have to do with anything? Well, so I just started a few weeks ago reading 1984, right? And I, I hadn't ever read it before, to be honest with you. And it was quite interesting that, and why, what really pushed me to want to read it, other than it's a great book, and I, I really didn't hear about it until, you know, we started going into the, the Trump era, you know, Trumpism. And people started to make comparisons between 1984, you know, people like Stephen King, um, just in the media, you know, trying to make those comparisons. At first, I didn't necessarily reject the idea. I was like, uh, you know, that book was written 1949. So how, how close could it be to the time that we're in now? Right. And, and it's pretty darn pathetic in a sense that it just what Orwell wrote in those times and so far so good the book is great I, I did watch the film um, you know 1984 with John Hurt you know um, great film I thought it was very interesting um, you know um, I encourage anybody to read it to, to watch it and read the book of course if you haven't already you know and um, 
And so let me tell you a little bit about what I discovered, okay? And um, some of you may feel this is a, a, a short synopsis um, of the book or what I'm reading. Now, I've, I'm only on page like, so far, what am I at? Page like 90, right? Um, so I'm still, I still have a way to go and there's a lot, a lot of it to go into. And, um, some of the film, you know, I, I haven't even probably gotten to. And obviously in most cases, when it comes to films, you know, they're, they're never going to just put everything from the book into the film. They're going to probably take things out. They're going to adjust a few things. Um, so it's, it's gonna, it's gonna change, you know, there's also another film, um, a 1956 version. The one I watched, I think I was, I watched the 1985 version, uh, or uh, you know, with John Hurt. So there's a different version. I think it's a black and white version. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for, and see what those differences are. I think that would be interesting, um, to look at. Uh, but let me let me quickly tell you what what I wrote. Okay, so just some of the differences in today's society. And I'm not saying they're stark, exactly identical, you know, but one of the the areas that I really focused on to read about and write about is the comparisons about, you know, the citizens of the United States versus um, the citizens of, uh, I think it's Oce Oceana in, um, in 1984, and just, just the way that, you know, of how that country is ran and just the amount of differences with their ministries that they offered, which is quite interesting. Um, and thinking about ultimately who controls society today, right? So when you think about that, think about who controls society. Do you feel like you control your own destiny? Do you feel like you have control over your job, your life, the things you can do with it? You know, and in a sense, you do. We all do here in the United States, but not everybody in every country has that right. Everybody, you know, um, yes, we can go to work, we can make money, we can buy property, we can we can become billionaires, and and it's all a part of the American dream, right? Like, who wouldn't want to be a billionaire, right? Who wouldn't want to have as much money as as um, Jeff Bezos or you know you know, or other billionaires out there who could buy whatever they want, right? Can't buy love, you know? And I know that that will conflict with some of you out there who say, well, yeah, well, you could probably buy love. Yeah, not in the sense you really want to buy love. You know, you want it to be natural. You don't want to feel like you're paying somebody to love you. Um, that's not real love, people. That's really not. And But unfortunately, people do it, you know? Um, people, you know, go to other countries, they buy their brides, you know, hey, they have lots of money. So it's, it's, it's natural for them in a sense, but it's not really natural. Okay. Um, we think about who's, who controls society, right? And one of the parts that I wrote about is that, you know, we have no shortages of billionaires and millionaires and many more are born each day in the land of opportunity. Now, some of you reading this may well deserve their wealth. Who am I to tell you that they can't be rich and wealthy? You know, there's individuals out there who are, you know, they're rich, 
with billions or millions because naturally they worked hard, they had a great idea, somebody, people bought into it and made that person wealthy, right? It's the American dream. We all have that ability in a sense to do that. Um, we live in a world of technology. If you can create some form of technology that people are really going to be interested in, like a TikTok, a Facebook, an Apple, and people are willing to spend billions for it, you know, to buy that company, more power to you, you know, um, that's your idea and you should have the fruition of it, right? Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. You become a billionaire. You have everything you ever wanted. You have power. You have influence. You can even control decisions of those in office and people in power who are, so to speak, more powerful than you, right? People in the government, for instance, right? And that's exactly many times what billionaires do is they hire lobbyists to fight for them, to pass certain legislation that works in their benefit, such as maybe a tax cut, which is what Trump did, you know, 1.7 trillion, I think it was, that gave that basically that gift that he gave to Wall Street, you know, in 2017. And what did they do with it? They didn't do anything with it. They actually didn't, you know, they didn't hire any new people, you know, many of them going through COVID right now, they got their money, they got their stock buyouts, or they split their stock or whatever they did with their stock. And suddenly, you know, they're asking for more money when when the bailouts started happening with just COVID, right? And now they're doing layoffs, right? Because they're like, well, we just can't survive, you know, we just can't make it. Well, what happened to all those billions of dollars that we gave you at, back in 2017? Well, well, you know, our CEO needed a pay raise of, you know, a couple hundred million dollars we gave to him or her. You know, it's usually a him in most cases, only because that's corporate America for you. Um, but to this day, they're still controlling, you know, what's happening in, in Congress, you know, and Congress is unscathed. It is not like they're unscathed. They are. They have people, they have, you know, people that they work with within corporate America. Corporate America gives them money, you know, so they can try to get certain legislation in their favor, you know, so it's, it's not, it's, they're not getting anything for free. You know, but Congress people make out very well. You know, they get very they get very rich off those individuals who are in corporate America. Right. And that's how they grease the wheels of justice, so to speak. Right. Grease the wheels of getting things done when you have billions of dollars to, to play with. Right. So who really controls society? Right. Is it the is it corporate America? You know, we like to think that um, government controls things. In a sense, you know, they're the ones who make things go, you know, but they're really not, you know, we've given our power over to corporate America through lobbyists. And, you know, the only people you can really blame for that is, you know, people like the presidents of the of our of now and in the past, especially Reagan, you know, from what I hear is he basically opened the door to corporate America, you know. Because they opened their checkbooks, so to speak. And that's when we were bought by corporate America, right? So that's why, you know, 
every time Uncle Sam opens their pocketbook, you know, hey, don't forget about us. Don't forget about us corporate people over here. Everything we do for society, everything we provide to them, you know, you know, remember, hey, we're Amazon. Hey, you know what? We have thousands of employees that, you know, normally if it wasn't for us, they would be on the welfare lines or they would, you know, be homeless, right? So, so can you help us out here just to thank us, right? You know, that, that's the kind of attitudes that we have in America, right? I'm not sure if it's in Europe. I have not done my research in Europe um, or other countries, but, you know, it's, it's the way I see it. And I may be wrong, right? So going into who has control again, you know, talking a little bit of, in my blog about, okay, well, you know, who's Big Brother? Do we have Big Brother? Does Big Brother exist? Of course he does, right? And this is not conspiracy, right? This is truth. You know, um, we are well aware that the government monitors what we do and what we say. And what's interesting about that is that when we, when I was looking into George Orwell's book, 1984, right? Sorry, I don't know why I said the whole title, but um, it talks about Big Brother. And it talks about how they're constantly monitoring you. Now, they don't monitor everybody. Um, they monitor most, but there's some, I should say. So in the book, 1984, Winston Smith, he's one of the ones that has Big Brother watching him because he's part of the outer party. And there's the inner party, outer party, and the problos. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which is like the working class of people, which makes up about 85% of society, right? And so that's, that's pretty much like us, right? We don't work for the government. Most of us don't. We work for society. We work for private companies in many cases. Um, so if we lived in that world, yeah, we, we are probably like the working class in many cases. Those who maybe work in government, you know, are the ones maybe who are being monitored. So Winston Smith, as you know, there's a, there's a telescreen in his, in his home where people are watching him. Big Brother's watching him. And it looks like every day he has exercise, you know, um, he has to really kind of hide what he's doing because of the thought police may get him. And the thought police are basically um, those individuals who, you know, want to really control your thoughts in a sense, you know. So let me give you a better definition of that because I'm still learning about it. Um, so thought police... Um, the thought police or think pole are the secret police of the super state Oceana who discovers and punish thought crime, personal and political thoughts unapproved by the party, right? So like right now, if I was being monitored by Big Brother right now, I would probably be whisked away somewhere. The Gestapo police would kick down my door. Um, just like in the film where they had a helicopter who was watching you. And they also had Big Brother on the telescreen watching you. And so Winston Smith had to kind of hide his ideas because he actually, remember, he had a, it was one part where he had a journal stuffed in his wall where he wrote regularly. And that's something that the thought police is pretty much against. They, they don't want you trying to create your own thoughts. They 
basically want to be able to tell you the, your thoughts, right? They don't want you writing things down. They don't want you to remember things from the past. They want to tell you what to remember, right? Um, so the Think Poll uses criminal psychology and omnipresent surveillance via um, informers, telescreens, cameras, microphones to monitor the citizens of Oceana and arrest all those who have committed thought crime in challenge of the status quo authority of the party and the regime of Big Brother. Orwell's concept of policing thought derived from intellectual self-honesty shown as by a person's power of facing unpleasant facts. You know, so again, some of you may not be familiar with the status quo, but it's meaning the existing state of affairs, particularly with regard to social or political issues, right? Um, there, it just blew my mind because, you know, you think about, you know, Big Brother and, and just look at some of these that they're talking about, right? Cameras, microphones, telescreens, surveillance. Isn't that all that we have today? You know, think about all those things that are that we have today that monitor us. Heck, for all I know, somebody's listening through my computer to what I'm saying. Or Alexa is listening to everything what we say, which in fact she is. But I don't have an Alexa, people. I dare not have one of those because Alexa listens. Alexa records things. What about... You know, things as simple as things you, you may feel like, hey, you know, it's no big deal. Like um, um, the doorbell with a camera on it, right? Sorry, I'm drawing a blank of the name of it, right? Um, so are they recording what you're doing? Can they record what, um, what, you're, what you're doing? Of course they can, right? You know, can somebody tap into that? Of course they can. Ring doorbell cameras, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't have one, so I, I forget the name of them. But um, can they tap into that? Of course they can, right? Absolutely. You know, um, just thinking about what anybody could tap into. You know, I keep my camera off normally. I have a kill switch. But does that mean they can't listen to my microphone? I don't know. I really don't. You know, you know, I know it seems silly, but can, can somebody listen through, you know, our cable box? I've heard they can. I've heard people can speak through that thing. And if they, if they can speak through it, then that means that they can hear every word we say, right? We definitely know that we're monitored on the phone, right? When we talk to somebody, when we have conversations, those are being recorded by the NSA, which was brought to light by Edward Snowden. You know, but but most of us kind of are pretty suspected, you know, those things are taking place regardless, right? We already know, you know, we already know, right? So Big Brother is watching us. Again, it's watching us, right? You know, then going more into we, how, how the media rules our age, right? You know, how the media is controlled. Now, I will not go as far as call the media you know, em, 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 the enemy of the people. There are a lot of people out there who are people doing their jobs and trying to do it right and trying to 
have journalistic integrity with reporting the facts, okay? But there's a lot of those in the media who do not, you know? I'm a writer, okay? I consider myself a writer, although I don't have anything published. All I have is my blog. Hope to have my book published one day. That would be incredible. Um, but I make every attempt to reflect the facts in what I write. Some of it's opinion, like anything else, right? We all have opinions, right? And sometimes those opinions are not popular. And like I said, if we actually lived in the age of Orwell, 1984, I, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Somebody would probably be, you know, doing everything in their power to reprogram me, brainwash me into thinking exactly what the government's thinking. Now, the brainwashing, you know, we have in this country, okay? We have media, to a certain extent, who tries to do that. With their opinions, dressing them up as facts. The CNNs, the Fox News, the MSNs, One Own Network, you know, and you name it, there's more out there. Sinclair, you know, they're out there to make money, obviously. They're out there to spin an idea to you and draw you in so you believe it, so you'll drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, right? And that that's how people, some people become de deranged with information because it's not all true, but they believe it as fact. And that's very dangerous. But it's all part of our free, free press, right? So, hey, I'm not against free press. We need it. It's part of our constitution. But there are responsibilities that people should be taking with the free press because you know when you start the um turning opinions into fact and displaying them as fact and they're not that's where it gets very dangerous because people tend to not really hear what the whole truth is right and re and really that's kind of what was happening in 1984 right changing of history changing of thoughts where winston smith's idea was okay one of his roles he was an editor right of history so he would get these tubes right and which will tell him you know oh you need to change this or reword this or this in this newspaper or this media and reword it to to say this instead because this is actually what we want them to say when it's not really the truth right and um and so that's kind of what we're doing in history, right? One of the points I made in my blog is like, are we rewriting history? I think we are. You know, I haven't been in history for probably, you know, a couple decades. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I should be staying ahead of my history. We all should, right? Because I don't know what's in the history books now. I don't know what they're providing or what they're, what's in those history books. I really don't. I probably, you know, should do some of my own investigation about what's in history books. You know, have we eliminated that the slavery existed? Have we eliminated that Christopher Columbus came over here and, and wiped out the indigenous people for their land? Or did we put something a little bit more positive that slavery didn't exist at exactly, right? Or maybe we didn't actually abolish or we didn't actually, you know 
rid the indigenous people from their land. They, they actually gave it to us freely, right? You see how dangerous it can get? You know, you do that to a child and bring history books that don't really tell the full history and they're basing that off real history. They're taking that as fact when it's not. That's how dangerous history can be when you, whoever writes it. History was always going to exist, but that's kind of the one of the things that really is interesting about 1984 is that, yeah, although something existed in the past and it's the fact, um, Big Brother and the, the government party, which is typically the ministry, let me see here, because they have four different ministries, Ministry of Peace, Ministry of Plenty, Ministry of Love, Ministry of Truth. So... That ministry that records that or, or is actually would be ministry. Uh, ministry of truth, basically, of course. I'm sorry. I should have known that. Um, which is basically responsible for any necessary falsification of historical events. The in, in ministry spreads a new language amongst the populace called New Speak. Which, for example, truth is understood to mean statements like 2 plus 2 equals 5, which obviously we know it doesn't, when the situation warrants. The Ministry of Truth is involved with the news media, entertainment, fine arts, educational books. Its purpose is to rewrite history to change the facts to fit party doctrine for propaganda effect. For example, if Big Brother makes a prediction that is wrong, the employees in the Ministry of Truth correct that record to make it accurate, right? Um... And so, isn't that what we are doing to a certain degree now? We're trying to change history, you know? We're trying to change that things don't really exist, that people weren't as bad, you know? Are we to the point now that we're going to say that the Holocaust never happened? I hope not, because the Holocaust did happen, people. It existed. It existed. And I hope to God... That people don't try to wipe that off our history because people need to know what happened to our history. How the United States, in my opinion, has always played the bully. We play the bully to other countries. We tell other countries what to do. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like what you're doing. So, you know, we're going to penalize you. Or maybe we're going to bomb you. Or we're going to sanction you. Or, you know, we're going to do something to you to, to get back at you if you don't bend our will, right? Something very interesting. I mean, you think about, you know, whenever the United States creates a treaty. And I, I was recently listening to, or watching, I should say, Yellowstone. And if you haven't watched that, that show on Paramount Network, it's a great show. And one of the... Um, Lawyers, her name is Angela, right? Um, and Angela is in a, in a fight with the Duttons, with the Duttons, not against them, so that the Duttons don't lose their land to big corporate America who wants to come in and build you know, an airport in their land and basically take away their land, so to speak. But Angela, she's an, she is representing in my opinion a native american and she is working with the native american tribe to get back that land in a way 
And one of the strong points that she makes in the show, which is kind of a little bit of a speechy, but she's basically stating that the United States creates treaties and we break them when it doesn't benefit us anymore, right? That we don't keep our word, right? Which is very true, right? We, we don't keep our word sometimes. And I know countries, other countries need to keep their word as well. And they are just as to blame as well. But there are other countries who attempt to keep their, their uh, agreements. And then we just pull the rug out from under them, right? Because, well, hey, we're in the United States. Who's going who's gonna to bully us, right? Who's going to do it? So thinking about that, you know, have we been doing that over the years, over decades? Of course, right? You know, we've unfortunately, in my opinion, lost a lot of our power and our allies when Trump became president. Now, I'm not saying our allies are all perfect. I'm not saying those that we do business with are perfect. Many of them are not. You know, you know, it, countries are not the problem. It's not the country. A country is a country. It's the people who run the country are the ones who essentially are the bad actors. The dictators, the communists, those people who do things in their country, but we essentially still try to be, you know, act in a big brother kind of role. Hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, you shouldn't be imprisoning people. Hey, you shouldn't be taking away people's freedoms in your country, you know? And they're just like, what are you going to do about it? What? And we try. We try to punish them. But we have to remember they're, they're their own country. They're their own sovereign state. They can do whatever they want. But hey, don't dare tell the United States how to do things. Because we're perfect, right? The United States is perfect. We have a perfect constitution. We have a perfect union. Uh, we have everything perfect here, right? No, we don't. We fail. And we are failing, in my opinion. Some of you may not agree with that. That's just my opinion. You know, um, we're a long way off. And we're even further now, right? You think we're, we have a better standing in the world than we did four years ago? No, we don't. And some of you out there may say, well, Joseph, why, why should I care about what, what standing we have with other countries? Why should we care what France thinks or, you know, China or Europe or UK or, you know, Germany? Who cares, right? We should care. You know, we, we are in a global system where we depend on each other to uplift the world. We're not a, an island by ourselves, even though we want to act that way. There's other players here who are just a part of this, our world, of, of anything else, right? So we forget that. Countries are not the enemy. Even the people who run those countries are not really the enemy. They have their own ideologies of what they want to do or what, how they want to run their countries, right? And um, so where are we headed, right? Where are we headed? You know? So thinking about that, you know, going through my blog a little bit more, you know? Governments know they have the power to help people, but do they? Have we solved homelessness? No. Homelessness is a big problem. 
you know, part of the thing that I believe now is that governments will control people in the in 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 a way. You know, do you think we could solve homelessness today if we put our efforts behind it, being one of the most technologically advanced countries in the world? Of course we could. Do you think we could pay for for homelessness to be to go away? Yeah, we could. We give trillions of dollars to our military. Trillions or billions, I may be mistaken, but I know it's at least billions. Um, you think we could solve homelessness with that money? Yes, of course. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. But we need people to try, right? How other other ways do are, are do does government sense to control? Well, there's, you know, we haven't gotten to the point where they're trying to control rations or control production. You know, thinking about the different ministries here, um, from you know 1984, we have the Ministry of Truth, which I went over. We also have the Ministry of Plenty, which is in control of command to command economy, which is considered the economic system, which controls and regulates production, distribution, prices, and etc. They oversee the rationing of food supplies and goods. The central theme of Oceanus idea that the poor, ignorant populace is easier to rule over than the wealthy, well-informed one. Isn't that so true, right? Isn't it seem like the poor people are so much easier to control because they don't have the power? They don't have the power. But what's happening right now, especially with the protest, those who, who essentially are considered the poor, you know, are trying to display their protesting power, which they have every right to do according to the Constitution, right? You know, and what's happening to those people? Yeah, they're getting, you know, the police to come out. They're getting pepper sprayed. Now, I will say this, just like I said in my blog, I condone rioting and violence, looting. That is not protesting. But really, it kind of engages, you know, police, federal police, whoever's coming out there, Trump, to send his men and women out there to fight the masses, you know, and causing division because people are upset. People want to protest. People want to be heard. And they're not being heard. Right. The Ministry of Peace, on the other hand, is and in charge of armed forces mostly Navy and Army. It's the ministry and the principle of perpetual war using all surplus resources and keeping most citizens in lives in constant hardship, preventing society from learning enough to comprehend the true nature of society. Perpetual warfare also helps preserve special mental atmospheres that a hierarchy society needs. What this means is the balance of the country's rest in war, which is in charge of fighting the war, making sure to never tip the scales. Right? How often are we in wars to tip the scales, to keep things in our favor? Right? The Ministry of Love enforces loyalty to Big Brother through fear, through security, through repression, as well as brainwashing. In the book, this ministry has no windows and is surrounded by barbed wire entanglements, steel doors, hidden machine gun nests, and guards with armed. Truchens. I'm not familiar with that word, but 
Um, the interior lights are never turned off. It is considered the most powerful ministry controlling the will of the population. Now we, you know, the government obviously want, if they could, they can control the will of the population. They control our, they will try to control our will. And most of us will not let that happen, right? But it's not impossible. It's not impossible, everybody, you know, not impossible, you know. So it's just interesting what I've been going through with, with this book. I, I'm again. I'm still reading through it. Um, still learning. Still hypothesizing. You know, it's just interesting to me. Um, I got our next song ready, and let's see where this one. This is a little bit more on the funner side, so I think we lighten things up just a little bit here. Um, but let's see. It's it's a it's it's a classic from Elton John. It's one of his best. I love this song. It's it kind of pumps you up a little bit, um, and you know it's interesting. You know Saturday night. You know, well it's Sunday night actually, but Saturday night. I should have played this on Saturday night, but still it'll fit. So let me let me play this for a moment. We'll we'll discuss what we're gonna discuss, right? Talk about it. Isn't Elton John awesome? Isn't he awesome? The guy, the guy's amazing. You know, he's amazing individual, person, entertainer, you know. He's had a hard life in a sense, you know. If you ever watch Rocket Man, which I encourage everybody to watch, that is a great film by Rocket Man. Um, so 
I love that movie. I watched it a few times. And that's what really interested me to know the life of Elton John. I think people should really know kind of where he came from, you know. I know it's partly entertainment, but it's partly biographical. You know, it shows his life. Um, interesting. You know, we want to lighten things up a little bit, you know, because we, we talk so much about the seriousness of politics, um, life, hardships. You know, it's important to, to know that, you know, we're all in this together, right? I should say that. Things that are going on in this world, you know, the hardships, COVID, possible, you know, evictions, people losing their jobs, people losing their lives. And it's true that many people are dying not just the people who got COVID and died, but there are people who are literally taking their lives because of just what's going on now in this world, right? And it's it's pretty scary. Um, you know, lockdowns affect everybody very differently. It's a little bit unnatural, I should say. Not everybody is going to react the same way to being stuck at home. Um, but... I always encourage you out there to get out as much as you can. Take a walk, a run, exercise, listen to music, read a book, do something to get your mind off these times, right? Um, we are unsure if times are going to get harder, although I anticipate that they will. You know, we just don't know what's going to happen. I believe history has the ability to repeat itself. I really do. Can we have another Great Depression like we did in the 30s? Of course we can. Would it be much more detrimental than it is back then? Of course. We have much larger society now. We have a greater need, you know. And the flip side of it is, is that many times society doesn't want to help itself sometimes. You know, you know those individuals who just spoke about who... Who companies, corporations who have the power don't want to help always give people power in jobs or money, you know. Um, it's survival of the fittest, you know, unfortunately. Um, but we can all get through it. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking about now and, you know, especially really briefly, you know, I have my faith I hold on to my faith. My faith is very important to me. My relationship with God, with Jesus. You know, some of you out there hear me speak. And, you know, some of you may feel like I'm not a Christian. That I don't believe in God by based off what I talk about. I have thoughts like anybody else. I may not talk about these podcasts. I may not make them fully devoted to speaking about the Word of God or scriptures or, you know, putting on Christian music, you know. And it's not that I don't care about those things. Of course I do. I love those things. But there are other important aspects of me that are important, like my reading, my writing, um, my blogging, my learning, my being more human, more understanding, you know. So one of the things that really bothers me that I hear a lot about with what's going on with the political spectrum is Christians telling me, telling me, and not me directly, but telling their 
parishioners telling them online, Hey, it's time to vote soon. Make sure you vote biblically. Make sure you, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. And I would never tell you. This is what they tell us. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but, but vote biblically. You know, alluding to Trump. Okay, that's what they're alluding to. All right, they're saying, well, Trump is going to fight for our religious freedoms. Trump is going to make things better for us as Christians. Trump is going to eliminate abortions. Trump is going to eliminate Planned Parenthood. Trump is going to, Trump, 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 Trump. They don't even have to use his word, his name. They speak between, I understand things between the lines. I get it. Biden is not going to fight for abortion or elimination of abortion. Okay, I get that. Does that make him a bad person? No, not necessarily. Does that make him Satan or the devil? No. You know, one of the things that um, Republicans try to point out is, you know, oh, Joe Biden is a Catholic. Oh, you know, he should care about that. And, and maybe he does. But I, as I made the point before, we are a society. We are a society of multinationals, a diverse society that the United States is made up of. We are not a theocracy. We are not run to for just one group of people we are a country that's made up of all kinds of different people okay now yes i've said this before as a christian do i like the idea of abortion of course not innocent babies being killed no of course not but god gave us free will and we can use that free will for good or bad right I'm not here to judge people. I'm not here to tell people how to live their life. Although, as a Christian, we are told to, that we are supposed to judge people. We can't condemn people. We cannot. But we can judge them. But you know what? My, my feeling has always been, you know what? God controls our lives. God controls our universe, our world, our country. He puts people in power and He takes them out. I have no control over anything. As much as I like to hope I do, I don't. I have a certain control to a certain degree of what I can do for my life. I can get a job, educate myself, have a certain frame of thought, be kind to people, you know, be a good person, so to speak. Although God says that there's not really any person that's good, only He's good, and which is true. He's the only good one. We are sinners. We fail. We miss the mark in life. And although many of us may say, well, I'm Joseph, I'm good. I don't sin. I don't treat people bad. I'm, I'm a good person. And I'm sure you are. But we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We get angry. We lust. We look at things we're not supposed to. And that's me included. Okay? But we, but as a Christian, 
I wake up every morning and I devote myself to learn about God's Word, to pray to Him, to say, God, thank you for giving me another breath in this earth. And thank you for allowing me to be here with my family and not snuffing my life out of it, like just killing me right now, which He has every power to do and every right to do if He wanted to do that. People are dying. You know, what's, you know, just recently, look at the, the actor that recently died, right? Um, what's his, uh, Bosman Ch Chadwick, right? Very young at 43 years old, you know, Black Panther, right? And he was only 43 and died of cancer, colon cancer, right? You know, um, I don't really know much about his life. You know, if he knew God, if he's a Christian, who knows, right? The question I even answer online was Chad Bose a Christian, you know, a Christian, right? Let's see. I don't think he was, but looking here. Mm, probably didn't have a chance to really do my research. Says he grew up in church. It's been reported his former pastor praised him for always being involved in serving at the church and helping others. Baptized and raised as a Christian, Bosman maintained his Christian faith through his development into Hollywood stardom. The actor was well known for openly testifying that he prayed to land the role of Black Panther before he was even chosen for the part. Many years ago, fellow actor Denzel Washington had agreed to pay for nine Howard University students to participate in a summer acting program with the British Academy of Dramatic Arts in Oxford, England. A young Chadwood Bosman was one of the nine blessed recipients. Um, Bosman was able to honor Denzel when he gave a speech at the 2019 AFI Life Achievement Awards. Right? It is an honor to, ha to have known you and to learn from you and join this work with you. He went on to reference the Bible verse Ephesians 3.20 saying, May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more for what's in store than he ever has before. God bless you. The family released a statement, a true state fighter. He preserved through all, it all and brought you many films from Marshall to Defy Bloods. Um, were all filmed during between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. Right? So look at, you know, if it's true and he was a Christian, God bless him. The man's going to heaven and he's going to he's with Jesus as we speak, right? Now, I know all of you out there in the world may not believe in religion, may not believe in Jesus, may not believe in God. And that's your choice, but I hope you reconsider. My messages here aren't aren't meant to kind of go over, you know, to try to witness to you to be a Christian or to follow my faith. That is very personal. Everybody's faith is very personal. What I will encourage you guys to at least pick up and learn. Learn the Bible. Just read it. Read it. It's, it, it's not going to make you a believer. Yet I hope it will. But it is a great book. And I encourage you guys to read it out there. You know, many of you out there, and I've seen this online, which one thing I like to mention, I have not been on social media for a couple weeks now. Now, 
Yes and no. I kind of lied there. I did a white little lie. I have not been on Twitter for a couple weeks now, which is actually where I was getting myself in trouble, people. I was really angry. I was upset. I was trolling people. I was becoming not a good person on there. On Facebook, I just post things. I do look up things on there. To be honest, it's a lot of right-wing material now. It's it's pretty much like very limited and there's just right-wing videos, propaganda, you know that they leave up there. And you know, I'm not saying Dems are Democrats are perfect. They do have their own postings, they have their own things on there, but it's not to the extreme of, you know, what they're putting on there. You know, there's a lot of hate on Facebook. And I I fully understand that Facebook is like Big Brother too. They're watching you. They're selling your information to make them billionaires. You and all those who use Facebook, including myself, made Mark Zuckerberg one of the richest men in the world. From a simple concept of creating Facebook back in 2006 or 7 or whenever he created it to what it is today, a behemoth, each of us made Facebook what it is today, which he, and we also made Zuckerberg one of the richest men today. He has more money than most of us will ever see in a lifetime. He has probably, you know, who knows, a hundred thousand times the average salary, you know, probably more. That's just my estimation. And what, and for what? Because of our information. Remember, everybody, we live in an information age. Yes, we have to use the internet. It's our gateway to information. But don't make it a gateway to losing your soul into giving information up that you don't need to. That's really what Big Brother hopes, is that you continuously just feed its insatiable appetite with information all the time, right? (sighs) Well, I had so much to say. Look at that, right? So, what are we going to do now? Well, it's almost time to end the show. But as usual, I like to finish this off with, you know, going back to one of our last songs. You know, so I think it's important that we just reflect on that song for a moment. And think about it. And although it may not particularly apply to you. Thinking about, do we live in another day of paradise? You know? Let's think about that for a moment. And let's listen for a moment here.
Hey everybody, thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Hopefully that song resonates with you, although it's about homelessness, just remembering that it's just another day in paradise. Not for everybody, right? For many of us it is, in a sense. We have a roof over our head, we have clothes on our back, food in our tummies, but there's many out there that don't. And remember and appreciate that every day you wake up in a warm bed. Because there are many people that don't. Many people are fighting to survive. And remember what's important in this world, everybody. Just another somber note. And um, thank you again for joining me. It's always an honor to have you here. And I look forward to another episode, hopefully next week. Oh, and that's right. Happy Labor Day, everybody. And happy Labor Day. Be safe. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Have a barbecue. Spend time with family. Be kind. Love those around you. And make this world a better place. God bless everybody. Take care. And until next time, thank you for joining on Just Talk with Joe Meyer.